0: seated. We appreciate you being here today in Jesus' name. This is a wonderful atmosphere and um, it, you, you just get every every bit of it as, as you can in Jesus' name. I used to, when I first came into the church, I had a lot of idiosyncrasies. I had a lot of <laughs> uh, thoughts that I had conjured up through the years of my upbringing and, and whatever the case is. And one was that I had prayed for probably the first year I was in the church, I said, "God, give me at least to ten seconds," because they had prayed or they had taught us and they they brought the strong point across that Jesus was coming back, and I, man, I believed it. I just, my goodness, you come into an atmosphere like this, you could just about see him, his hand come through the through the ceiling, you know, that kind of thing, and um, so I, you know, I wanted to be ready. I just said, God, I just want to give, so give me at least 10 seconds so that if I'm screwing up or if I'm making mistakes or anything like that, at least I got 10 seconds to get on my knees and get it right. And, you know, I, I say that very unashamedly. That's what I was taught. I was taught, boy, you better be ready and that type of thing. But I have since learned that God gives us a process in which we should live. That's what he does. And so God doesn't count one momentary thing in our life. You know, you know that you know, those nine times that you did it right and the tenth time you didn't, well, I guess you know God's going to send us to hell for that. No, that's not the kind of God that you and I serve. He's a God of process. And so what I learned is I learned that I just got to stay the process. I just got to keep reading my Bible. I got to keep praying. I got to keep you know, doing the best that I can and all of that and much, much more. And, and when that the rapture takes place or death takes place in my life, that God will see that. And, and I will be ready in Jesus' name. And there was something about that. It took me, like I said, over a year to get delivered from that idiosyncrasy that I had. All of a sudden, there was a lot of pressure that came off that my God is an, is an extremely just and fair God and that he's going to look at my life, he's going to look at the efforts that I'm making, you know, and, and I, I, I thank God for that. I really do. That's, that's something that has been a very, very big saving grace in my life, to know that God is, is looking at the whole picture. And so we got folks that are in this room here today that that's what he's doing. He's looking at the whole picture. I'm thinking of a situation where Jesus is on the cross, and you think, well, it's all over, but he's dying. But it wasn't all over. There were two people that were, that were crucified with him. And, of course, the Bible says that both of them were having an awful hard time with what was going on, and they were just railing on Jesus. And for whatever, for whatever it's worth, I don't have verse and chapter for this, but I got a feeling that the, the Shekinah of God was coming off of Jesus. And one of those men could begin to sense that, that look at this guy. They're crucifying him, and he's not saying a word. In fact, about the only thing I heard him say was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And that made such a a powerful effect on that one that he began a dialogue with Jesus. That's what I've always believed. That's why I have confidence in what God is doing. I have confidence in services like this, where if people will come into a service like this, no matter where you've been, what's going on in your life, that you can begin a dialogue with God. And I got a feeling that many of you, that's what's been happening here. You you know you feel uh, um, confident enough you can share things with the Lord, and that's exactly what this individual began to do, and he began to uh, you know ask the Lord for mercy that type of thing, and then he said finally he said Lord, I want to be where you're at, and Jesus was able to respond to that man in such a powerful way on that cross that he said today you're going to be with me in paradise. Now you think about that, that's the last. I don't know how many minutes that man had left, if there was an hour left or whatever the case is, but on the edge of that, Jesus was there, praise God. And that is powerful. Somebody said, well, how come God did that, you know? Well, because he's God. He can do whatever he wants. His sovereign will can reach out, and he can show his mercy in such a powerful way in Jesus' name. And so I trust that's what's been happening to to, to many of us here today. We're realizing that God doesn't look at the, you know, the mistakes that we're making so much, although he would like us to learn from them. I mean, really, that's the the biggest thing about mistakes is that God would like us to learn from those mistakes. And then what he would, his will is, is for us to go on. Continue the process. You know, what I have found, and I don't seek the devil, I don't. I, I don't really care what he's up to a lot of times. I just, when he comes around, I just say, you know, get out of here in the name of Jesus, you know, I mean, sometimes it isn't quite that simple, but that's just really the gist of the matter. But the bottom line is, what I have recognized with the devil is that he's not trying to, trying to get me not to, to, you know, to believe in God and that type of thing. He's trying to get me to give up. And I feel real, real, real solid on this right now, that there's a spirit of that that's going through our apostolic churches. And some of it has to do with the circumstances dealing with the end of the age, Folks, we're getting close to the end of an age, the age of grace, which is going to usher in a tribulation period that this world has never seen before. And so we're getting close to that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and and make predictions and and get everybody on the edge of their seat thinking it's today. It could be. I'm not here to say that, that it isn't, but I'm just saying that's what you're feeling. You're feeling tremendous pressure in the heavenly realm, praise God. And so what the devil's trying to do to the church, because he knows that his time is limited, is he's trying to get people to give up. He's trying to get people just to just, just kind of throw in the towel, that type of thing. And that's why services like this lend themselves very powerfully for that. That antidote is here. I am going to trust that every one of us have felt the power and the encouragement of God in this place in the Spirit. I mean, it's no doubt. See what God is doing? He is encouraging us. He's saying, you don't have to give up. In fact, you can even you can get a little more intense if you want, praise God. You can make the devil sorry that he ever messed with you, praise God. According to my grace and my power, praise God, you can begin to put some things into play and into motion this week that, praise God, are going to really, really, really pay some tremendous spiritual dividends in Jesus' name. What do you say? Yes. Come on. Let's take authority over the spirit of giving up. What do you say we do that? Come on, I believe God has given us authority over that spirit, because we know that spirit is not from God. We know that's from, the, that's from the enemy. That might even be your flesh talking to you. So go ahead, lift up those hands right now and take that authority. Yes, oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Yes, I take authority over that right now. Right now, Lord God, that spirit of giving up in Jesus' name, that, Lord God, you are God. You didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of sound mind. That's what you did. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Yes, right now, Lord God, let that reign in this place. Let every person in this place feel the effects of that. In the name of Jesus, let the power of your spoken word, Lord God, have its free course right now. Let it go through. I take authority over every aspect of depression now, whether it be demonic, whether it be fleshly, in the name of Jesus, I come against it in Jesus' name. I command it to be pushed back in Jesus' name. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are free. You have set the captive free. You have set the captive free in this place. his name. And yes, he is, an. you can be seated, he is an awesome God. This is what he does. This is for free. He wasn't keeping score this week. All he was doing was, he was saying, hey, I'm going to make things available for you. And as long as we don't give up, praise God, as long as we come and we stay in the process of God, praise God. And one of the processes of God, which in my opinion is extremely important, especially in the days that you and I live, is the renewing of the mind. That has to take place, folks. If it doesn't, we're going to fall into all kinds of depths of depression. We're going to allow the psychology of the world to have preeminence over the word of God. I mean, all kinds of things will happen because of that. And this is not some threat. This is just the way it is. Our world, I'm talking about the age that we're living in, they're running rampant to try to come up with solutions. They're trying to come up with ways that they can just keep a lot of this stuff, you know, at least contained a little bit. But you and I, we've come into something where God has given us the victory over this stuff. Come on, one of the themes of the the New Testament, and there are several themes, but one of the themes of of the New Testament is the fact that we are conquerors. That the Lord has made, has made us more than conquerors through his grace in Jesus' name. And so by the renewing of the mind, that can take place. The renewing of the mind, praise God, can help us to receive that forgiveness that God wants us to have. The renewing of the mind can help us to receive the hope that God has for us. See, God is in the long project here. He's not just looking at some, you know, 100-yard dash. He's looking at the long-term thing here. And that's why he's looking at your life, and that's why he wants to put you in that process. It's called living for God in Jesus' name. And so this is what we do. Listen to what the Word of God says. The Bible says in Philippians chapter number 2, it says in in, in verse number 5 there, it says, let this mind, it says, be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. When Jesus was on the cross, he didn't have a mindset that it was all over and everything's bad. He was still reaching out to people. And so this is, what, this is what the mind of Christ can help us to do, praise God. And this is what God wants to do for you here today, is he wants to help you to think the way he thinks. Amen. And I understand that's easier said than done, especially with the bombardment of things that we have in this world. I mean, my goodness, with the media alone, they're just bombarding us with all kinds of negativity. And I'm not saying that there aren't negative things happening in the world. But you and I must understand that in the midst of the world where there's negativity, there is a positive God that is reaching out and he's saving people. Praise God. He's filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We heard last week the statistics that just in October alone, in a couple of countries in Africa, that in three days there were over 11,000 people that were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There were over 5,000 people that received a notable healing. Come on, I'm telling you something. God is working amongst us, and this is what we can rest assured. That's why when we come to him, we got to have some kind of a way to, the, the, you know, to throw off the cloak. I think it's, it was blind Barnabas. Barnamanus, I'm not sure, but I know it was one of the blind men in the, Old, in the New Testament when Jesus was coming, you know, through the land, and he was ministering, that type of thing. There was one of these blind guys that decided that I'm going to get to Jesus. I mean, I'm going to get to him no matter what. And he started creating kind of a ruckus is what he did. He started saying, Son of God, notice me. I'm here. You know, that type of thing. I know I'm paraphrasing, but basically he started lifting up his voice. And just like anything else, there were people in that crowd that were trying to quiet him. That's what they were doing. They were trying to quiet him down. But he understood that his hope was there. And he didn't have physical see. He couldn't see it physically, but he could sense it in the spirit. And so he just kept on. And finally, he got, he got Jesus' attention, didn't he? But I'm not sure which, where it's at, but one of the places it talks about the fact that when he came to Jesus, he threw off a cloak. And do you know what that cloak was? You know, history, or I should say, um, uh, teaches us, you know, uh, some of the protocols that they had. And if a person was blind, there were certain things, you know, like today, if you see somebody walking down the street with a white cane, well, you know that that person has an impairment in their eyes. And that's not to embarrass them, that's not to shame them, that is to alert us that, listen, this person's got got an issue in their life, okay? Well, the same thing was with a blind person. They would literally put cloaks on them or put certain clothes on them so that people would recognize that 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 was who they were. But you know what this guy did by faith? Come on, and I'm talking to a few of you right here today that you can do this. You might have on a cloak of shame. You might have on a cloak of, of embarrassment or whatever the case is. And what God is trying to help you to do is he's trying to help you to throw that cloak off. Come on, it's just like, you remember when Lazarus came out of the tomb? Come on, you remember that? Jesus, you know, just spoke his name. He said, go ahead and roll the stone away. Well, he's been dead for four days, Lord. He's going to stink. Well, he's not going to stink for long. Praise God. And you must understand that Jesus said, pull that, that rock away. And then when Lazarus came out, do you remember what Jesus told them to do? Come on, he was wrapped up with, with grave clothes that probably did stink. But Jesus was saying, take those stinky clothes off of him and let's give him a fresh start in the name of Jesus. Come on, did somebody come here today to get a fresh start? I'm here to tell you, you can stand on your feet right now. You can lift up that hand. You can throw away that cloak. Come on, that's exactly what the Lord wants you to do. Come on, he wants you to throw away that cloak. He's in the process of taking those grave clothes off. That's what he's doing right now. Come on, he's taking those grave clothes off. Oh, hallelujah. That's what he's doing. That's literally what's happening in this place right now in the spiritual realm, is that God is in the process of taking the grave clothes off. Now listen to me, folks. That shouldn't make us arrogant to the point to where we think we can handle the rest of life by ourselves. That's where some of you have already made that mistake before. What you need to do is you need to recognize the process of God and stay in that process. That's not some threat, that is protection that God puts in your life. God wants to put, He wants to put a church. Praise God that you can come to every week and and, and get renewed and get the word preached to you and that type of thing. That's what God wants to do. He wants to put good friends in your life. I'm not talking about the fair weather ones. I'm talking about people that will pray for you no matter what's going on in your life. Can somebody say amen? Come on, this is the process that I'm talking about, that God wants to put this into your life. And when those grave clothes are off, praise God, don't make up your mind. You're not going to put them back on. Come on, that's not what God wants. He wants you to rise up, praise God. You know, the scripture says in the book of Colossians chapter 3 that we should set our affection on things above and not things below. And that's what the renewing of the mind does. In the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, many, uh, in, just in the second chapter alone, it talks about heavenly places. It talks about you and I can rise to heavenly places. And I'm talking about in the spirit. This is what the renewing of the mind does, literally for us, is it puts us in these places. Now, it doesn't take away the understanding that we're still in a world where we desperately need God. Can you say amen? Amen. But it helps us to understand that that God that you and I serve, that we worship, that we praise, that we have confidence in, praise God, he is in charge in Jesus' name. I'm hoping somebody here today, you finally got that point across. God's not looking for you to be the strong one. He's looking for you to be strong in Him, praise God. And as you do this, I'm going to tell you something. You will find hidden strength like you never have before in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes for a second here and lift up both of those hands. And I taught this church a few weeks ago. There's certain things that we can do, and we're going to do them right now. I want you to put those hands forward now, like some of you have. And what that means is I'm, I'm in submission to you, God. You're in charge. You're the one, God. I know that I don't understand it all, but I am going to have confidence in you, and I submit myself to you now, Lord God, willingly. I do this, Lord God, not because somebody's holding me down and making me do it, but because I know this is the right thing to do. And then I want you to take those hands, and I want you to cup them inward, like what I got right here. And I want you to say, God, fill it. Fill my cup now. Come on. I believe that you can do that, Lord God. I believe that you can do that in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. That's what he's doing right now, by the way. Oh, hallelujah. The renewing of the mind. Oh, Oh, precious God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Praise God. Yes, Praise Lord. God. Praise God. Praise God. That's what you do. That's the renewing of the mind. Is that first of all, you say, God, you're in charge. And you can do this all week long. You can do this anywhere you're at. You can, you can get up right away in the morning and you can settle that fact that God, you are God. I know that you are. I don't understand it all, but I submit myself to you. As this daily process goes, you're going to show me different ways that I can, I can improve upon that. And so you see, that's, that's what God does. That's what grace is all about, by the way. Grace isn't something that approves us. It doesn't. Because we'd still do plenty of things that aren't pleasing to God. And I'm not not highlighting that. I'm just telling you how it is. But what grace does is it improves us. That's what God does. And through the renewing of the mind, God can help you to have improvement on a regular basis. And pretty soon you're going to start looking back and you're going to start thinking, man, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. I don't have to go there anymore. Praise God. And God begins to start eliminating some of those negative factors in our life. Now listen to me. My theory is is we ain't got enough time for him to do it all. But we should just make room for him to do as much of it as possible in Jesus' name. And so the renewing of the mind is so very important. It'll help us to begin to think the way Jesus thought. Amen. It doesn't make us God. It just helps us to begin to think like he does. Because through the creative ability that you have one of the the major areas that this happens to us on a daily basis is in our thought pattern. We have the ability to start producing thoughts immediately. We can do that. And many of you have experienced that this week. A situation happened to you and right away you went from here, whoa, way down here. Come on, I'm not the only one now. Come on, that's what we do as human beings we just automatically go to the worst-case scenario. Well, how would you like somebody to be able to help you to put the brakes on that and say, listen, I'm not going to the worst-case scenario. I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to put my hand in the hand of the one, praise God, that saved my soul. Now, come on. I'm not talking about a theory here, folks. I'm talking about something that absolutely works, and God wants to help you to do that. Let me show you something here. Look at Ephesians chapter number 4. And one of the themes of, of, um, of, of Philippians, or one of the things that's stated uh, on a regular basis in, in, in Philippians is rejoice. Rejoice. And you've got to understand, uh, a lot of theologians believe that this letter from, to the Philippians was written while Paul was in jail. And so you've you got to understand that he wasn't in a very pleasant, he wasn't in the Bahamas, you know, sitting on the beach, saying, God, give me a thought here so I can, you know. No, he was in the trenches. There were some things that were happening in his life, praise God, that God was helping him to overcome. In fact, there was a time that God deliberately gave him an experience so he knew this was possible. If you get some time this week, read the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. Beautiful story there. Paul and Silas preaching the gospel message throughout Europe. And all of a sudden, they came upon some resistance. And so what they did was they, long story short, they ended up putting them in jail. Yeah, putting them them in jail. And so the Bible says that while they were in jail, praise God, they started praising the Lord. In moments like this. Ooh, like that. Now, I like the moments we had here. It was a lot easier to sing there, wasn't it? But do you know, realize that God can give you the ability to sing wherever you're at? Amen. Come on, I'm here to tell you that's what Paul learned. That's the thing that him and Silas understood because they began to sing hymns. A lot of theologians believe they were singing, I think, the 113 psalm all the way through like 130. They're called the Psalms of Ascent. And you can read them for yourself. They really do have a, quite, a, um, you know, quite a, a, a message. Well, I don't know exactly what they were singing, but I know they were singing, and I do know they were singing loud enough that everybody in the prison could hear them. Come on, I'm talking about God renewing the mind. And the scripture tells us that all of a sudden, God began to shake the prison. Come on, I'm here to tell you that's exactly what he wants to do in some of the areas of your life. He wants to begin to shake them, not so that you'll be scared, but so that you'll know that he's there in Jesus' name. And we understand that through this scenario, praise God, all the doors in the prison were open. But the Bible says the guy who was taking care of the jail, unbeknownst maybe to Paul and Silas, I don't know, maybe they knew, maybe they didn't, but this guy was seeking the Lord. And the Bible says in the midst of all of that shaking and all of that praising God, the Bible says this man came right into the room there and said, what do I got to do to be saved? And of course, Paul responds to him saying, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we understand that about three verses later, that entire household was baptized in Jesus' name. I'm here to tell you, folks, that's what God is doing in the world that you and I are living in. Praise God. We might be put in places, but we don't have to stay in that mindset in Jesus' name. And so when Paul was writing this letter to the Philippians, I got a feeling that he was thinking back to that. Oh, what what made the difference, Silas? What made the difference when we were in that prison setting? And I think you're hearing it in some some of the theme that's in this book. Rejoice. Rejoice. Come on, this is what I'm talking about. And you have the ability to rejoice through the renewing of your mind. That's why it's important. That's one of the byproducts that will come when you allow the Lord to begin to renew your mind, praise God, is you will have the ability not only to lift up your hands, but to lift up your voice and begin to give him praise in the name of Jesus. And you don't have to worry about what the circumstances are because you already know that God's already got those things in, in hand, doesn't he? Come on, why don't we try that? Why don't you just, I don't know what you're going through, but why don't you just try that? Come on. I'm not trying to make you do something. I'm trying to help you to understand what's really going on. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, you have to bless, Lord God, your soul to me, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord God, what is good for me, Lord God. You know, Lord Jesus, what I God, Lord God. Come on, some of you. Some of you are right there. Come on, you're right there. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so this is what he does. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. I'll show you what I'm talking about here. The scripture says this in chapter number 4, what I was referring to before. It says to rejoice in the Lord always. You see that? Verse number 4, chapter 4 of Philippians and verse number 4. It says, and again... I say rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. rejoice. Yeah. It says, now let your moderation or your self control be known unto all men. Things are happening to me, but through the, through the power of God, I can withstand this. I can withstand this. I found power that I've never had before. And then the scripture says, why? Because it says, it says, um, it says the Lord is at hand. And that's what you recognize through the renewing of the mind is you start to sense that God is there. He's not just something you're reading about in a book. You're sensing the Lord is right there involved in your situation. See, that's what I believe Paul and Silas found out in the 16th chapter of Acts. They found out that no matter how bad the situation was, and believe me, they had had their backs laid open earlier that day. They were hurting There were things that were happening to them that were not very pleasant. But the bottom line is they knew what the renewing of the mind could do in a situation like that. And the renewing of the mind came in a way and in a form of rejoicing and praising God. And God shook that prison, praise God, to the core and I, I believe, and the Bible gives us that, that that jailer and his family were saved that night because of two people who knew what the renewing of the mind could do. Now think about the situations that are in your life right now and what going into them with a renewed mind could bring to the situation. Now you think about that. That's why I'm not trying to make you, you know, do something. I'm helping you to become Something. The scripture says in the first chapter of the book of John that to them that embraced him, Jesus, read it for yourself, he gave them power to become the sons of God. And this is what's happening amongst us is that we get the power that God wants to have in our lives. And pretty soon, praise God, things that used to put us down, things that would take us out of commission for months, praise God, don't have that kind of power over us anymore come on, that's what I'm talking about. That's what the renewing of the mind can bring into the situation. And you must understand and I must understand the renewing of the mind is not based upon my behavior. It's based upon my faith towards God. That's what it is. And so God wants to fill your cup so full that you don't have any room for anything else to put in it. That's literally what God wants to start doing on a regular basis. And so when we begin to go through his process, that's why I'll never forget the day that that load got dumped off of me. I was so concerned about being ready for God. I was so concerned with being in the moment, praise God, it was causing me to faint. It was causing me to to get negative. And God helped me to understand, it's not all about one moment. You just stay in the process. You just keep reading your Bible. You just keep coming to church. You just keep learning about me, praise God, and you're going to be ready because I will make you ready. That's what God is doing. And it takes that weight off of us, praise God, and that's what God wants to do. Now look at this. There's a process here I want you to see. And I don't expect you to grasp it all right now in the next 10 minutes. But I want you to think about this this week. This week, inserting this into your lifestyle. That was one of the things that you people taught me, you know, back in the 70s when I first came into this, is that serving God was more than just coming to church on Sunday. That serving God was more than just, you know, um, knowing the right people, that type of thing. But serving God became a daily thing. That there were things in my life that daily that God wanted to begin to bring to pass. And folks, that's what God is bringing back into the apostolic church. There are people who are learning how to live for God every day. That doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that they don't find themselves in a hard way sometimes. It just means that they have the process in place. Come on. Is there anybody besides me that you've had a time when you couldn't get to the church fast enough? When you thought, man, I hope the rapture don't take place between my home and the church because I need to get there so I can get something from God. Yeah, we've all had those anxiety feelings, haven't we? And God wants to help us to understand, praise God, that we can take this thing out of the church building and we can put it in our personal lives. And the thing about God is he isn't about places He isn't about rooms, although I appreciate a a place like this where we can come and meet. But God is spirit, praise God. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the renewing of the mind can take place anywhere, anytime. Let me just put it to you this way. The, The renewing of the mind can take place anytime you need it. Anytime you need it. And here's one of the ways in which you can get it to happen. The scripture says there in verse number 6 still in Philippians 4 it says be careful for nothing but in everything look at somebody and say that means everything okay by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto god don't ever grow weary of that process you say well god should already know yeah he pro- he does But what you're doing is you're confirming what God already knows between you and him. That's why prayer is such an important factor in the process. And so the Bible says, you know, do this. And then it says, and look what the byproduct of that will be. I told somebody here not too long ago, they were going through a situation with a physical. They needed a physical healing. And I told the person, I said, I know you need a physical healing. I said, there's no doubt. And we're praying for that. But I said, the first thing I believe what we need to feel, praise God, when we're praying for something like this is not so much the healing, is we need to feel the peace of God. Because the peace of God, what that will do most of the time, not every time, but most of the time, is the peace of God will come in and calm the situation. Your mind isn't going to race like it used to. Your mind isn't going to go to the nth degree in negativity. All of a sudden, you're going to feel a calm Jesus demonstrated this one time when he was on a boat. When they were out on a boat and the storm came and was able to sink that boat. But Jesus got up and he he proved to us what we needed or what they needed at that time. He didn't say, you know, go away storm. He just simply said, peace, be still. And I'm here to tell you that in probably 90% of your situations, that's what you need. You need to feel the peace of God, and then you can begin to make intelligent decisions. Then you can begin to see the thing for what it's worth. That's what God wants to bring in, and this is what the renewing of the mind will will substantiate, is that God is there. I know he's here. I don't know exactly what he's going to do. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm not in the figuring out business now. What I am, I'm in the renewing of the mind business. I want God to take a mind that could go negative in a heartbeat. And I want God to start putting some positive things into my mind so that I can start thinking the way he thinks. Come on, somebody say, let this mind. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. That's what Paul was telling the Philippian church is that you and I need to change the way we think. And the best pattern that we have is not ours or some, some smart psychologist, but we have one that came down here and dealt with everything we needed to deal with. His name is Jesus. He is the template. He is the one that can show us how to handle everything in life. But you and I must get to a place where our confidence level in Him is, 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 is unshakable. And that's what God is doing through the renewing of the mind. Because there's no doubt that many of you here this morning were able to reach that level. That you knew that God could do it. You knew that God is doing something. And wow, isn't that a tremendous place to be? Well, that's where God wants to take us on a regular basis. And so the scripture says, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, notice that, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God help me to know if I'll stay in the process, I won't be lost. I won't be lost. Why? Because he's able to keep me. He's able to contain me. Listen to me, folks. People people that that go off the deep end, it isn't because of the devil. It's because of what they're thinking, praise God, and all of a sudden it becomes reality, and they're the ones that make those decisions. So what's got to happen here? Well, I believe that we need the mind of Christ. We need the renewing of our minds. And this is how Paul taught that church to do that. He said, finally, brother, he said, whatsoever things are true. There's eight things here that I want you to think about. There are eight things that Paul said, you got to start thinking with this kind of mentality. First one, of course, in verse number eight there is truth. That's how God deals with us. He doesn't deal with us in falsehoods. He doesn't deal with us in maybes. He deals with us in the fact of the truth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is truth. That is not a fable. And you and I, we can receive truth. That's why God you know, helped us to start repenting so that we could get rid of the false because the false is always going to contradict with the truth. And that's why the process of repentance is such an important one because sometimes we get negative things in our heart that need to go. And God will help us to do that. And it's always going to start with the truth. And then he says, whatsoever things are honest, how many since you've been coming to the Lord have found this to be true in your life? That all of a sudden you tried to hide things. You tried to cover stuff up. But boy, the longer you come to God, he doesn't allow that to happen, does he? And you think it's because he wants to embarrass you. You think it's because he wants to make a, you know, a, you know, an example out of you. And that's not true. What God's trying to do, because he's already honest, is he's trying to get you to be honest with yourself. And the real reality of honest, folks, is we're not going to make this without God. That's not some threat, that's reality. And that's why we got to start thinking of these things. We need the truth of God to direct us. We need to be honest with ourselves. And then the Bible says here, it says, and whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are right. Jesus, when he came to John the Baptist and was baptized as a man, the scripture says that John wanted to stop him because John knew who he was. John knew who he was. And Jesus said, no, suffer it to be so or allow it. For thus we become righteous. What happens to you is the truth starts coming into your life. You start obeying the truth and you become righteous in God's eyes. Not because of you, but because of him. And this is the process that you begin to germinate in your life on a regular basis. And then the scripture says there, it says, it says, Whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely. I'm just going to go through the rest of them here real quickly. And it says, and whatsoever things, it says, are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what does he tell us to do? There you go. There's your homework assignment. There's something that you can start to initiate in your life on a regular basis every day of your life. Now, I understand these three or four verses here are a tremendous Bible study. I've got it written down in my Bible exactly what these words mean. I'll tell you what you should do. And if you want a fast version of that, get yourself an Amplified Bible. I got one on my phone. And look up those verses in the Amplified version. And a lot of times what the Amplified version will do is give you the definition of uh, what does that mean to me today? What does that speak to me about? I'm not doing away with the King James Version Bible. I'm trying to enhance it because there's some, there's some buddies here that this is, this is good. I'm glad you were here today. This is the day the Lord hath made. We can be glad and rejoice in it. This is fantastic what the Lord was doing, praise God, in this service today. But I'm here to tell you this is only the tip of the iceberg. God wants to begin to put some things into your life on a regular basis, and you're never, ever going to be able to to, uh, receive them until you begin to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's what it is. On the front of my Bible here, I've got it written um, between the two testaments. There's something that I've studied for years, and one of those things is the fact of what are the conflicts that we have in our life? What are the things that come and are challenging me this day? And I've written down three of them. One of them is my flesh, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but you must understand the unregenerated person is somebody who can hurt themselves very, very much on a regular basis. And what I mean by unregenerated is someone who does not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, See, the only hope that you and I have is God in us, the hope of glory. And so the answer to the flesh, praise God, is not to eradicate it because then you'll be dead. But the answer to the flesh is to renew the mind God's way. That's what gives us the advantage over the flesh, praise God. Another conflict that we have or that we have is the the spirit of the world or of the age that you and I are living in. That there is a way that people are doing things out there that absolutely conflict with the way God is doing things. Now, I'm not going to get into details, but you see it every day. You're tempted to walk that way every day. And that's why you must put the ways of God in your life. This is the antidote, is that you start walking the way God wants you to walk. And you do this a little step at a time, one step at a time, that's what you do. And then the next day, you do the same thing. You start doing it one step at a time. And pretty soon, you start finding yourself thinking in a different way. Just those two things alone. And then uh, another conflict is Satan, obviously. And Satan is is a foe. The Bible says that that he's seeking whom he can devour. And so that's why one of the things that you feel from Satan, I don't think any of us have have enough clout to get a personal visit from him, but we feel his system, and his system is very Antichrist. I do not want you depending on God. I do not want you putting your faith in him. That's what he will try to do. Well, what's the answer? Do we try to debate him? Do we try to um, win him to the Lord? Can't do that. So what do we do? we start putting the things of God into our life. And that's what the renewing of the mind will do, is it will help you to process the things of the Lord. Because you must understand, Jesus, when he was teaching the woman at the well in the fourth chapter of the book of John, I'm about ready ready to quit here. Sister Carnahan, do we have that, that song, It is Joy Unspeakable? If we do, I'd like to sing that. Oh, I do. Yeah, I even practiced it this morning. Is that okay if I sing it? Okay, okay. i got to get permission. <laughs> Praise God. I do, I do. She's the song leader, I'm not. But the bottom, oh good, fantastic. Um, the bottom line is, folks, God puts this process in your life. And what this does itself is it produces the thing that you need to get through the daily activities that you've got to get through. And so this is what God wants to do. He wants to return many of you back to that kind of thing. I got it in a book here, Sister Carnahan, but if you would put it up on, this, on, the, on, the, on the thing, I would. There's a song, and I've I, I got to be careful here. It is such an honor to have Sister Kay here today. Yeah. Such an honor to have her here today. And I was tempted. <laughs> I was tempted, Sister Kay, big time. But I, I'm not. But you, somebody told me you're going to be here for a month. So get ready. Get ready. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Get ready. Because we're going to hear some old time Pentecostal music, folks, that we need to get back into our lives. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen, amen. I have found His grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable and bold. Glory, oh, uh, glory! It is joy unspeakable and glory, uh, glory in the has never yet been told. Sing it again. Oh, it is joy unspeakable and glory, oh, uh, glory, oh, uh, glory! It is joy unspeakable and glory, uh, glory. Unspeakable. And glory, uh, glory in the heavens. Has never yet been told. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is peace and peace within. The blessing I am saved from the awful gulf of sea. It is joy unspeakable and cold. Of glory, it is joy unspeakable and bold. Glory in the half has never yet been told. Now I have found that hope to bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near. I can see His smiling face. Why, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half has never yet been told. Now, I have found the joy no tongue can tell In its waves of glory roll. Come on, it is like a great overflowing now springing up within my soul. Come on, thus it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half has never yet. And told. Listen to this again. I have found the joy that no tongue can. Now its waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing. Now springing up within my soul. Cause it is joy unspeakable and full. Glory, full of glory of glory it is joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half has never yet been told I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul just like the Bible said I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul just like the Bible said Come on, I've been to that water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and I'm satisfied. And I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible said. Cause I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible said, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible said, well, I've been to that water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and I'm satisfied because I won't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible Just like the Bible Just like the Bible Come on, one more time I've got the Holy Ghost Down in my soul Just like the Bible said I've got the Holy Ghost Down in my soul Just like the Bible said Well, I've been my soul got happy and I'm satisfied and I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now just like the Bible just like the Bible just like the Bible say come on lift up your hands and rejoice God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So dear Sister Kay, I'm putting you on notice. Don't get nervous. She probably won't come back to church now, but no, we appreciate her. She, this is the kind of stuff we used to sing when we first came into the church. Just simple songs like this. And it was songs like this that started getting our thinking in the right direction. Try it. Try inserting this kind of thinking in your daily life and see where that takes you. I'm going to tell you something, folks. God has got a a precious life already reserved for you in Jesus' name. And one thing that I've, I've learned and contemplated over the years is there is a close association between the joy of the Lord. Now, not just joy, but the joy of the Lord and faith. A lot of times they work hand in hand. That's what happens. And so usually most of us, we just got to get something to get started. And so we start thinking upon the things that God has done for us, some of the things that he's doing for us. And I'll tell you something, folks. Our faith level just begins to rise in Jesus' name. One more time. Let's give God one more opportunity. Lay your hands on somebody right now and pray the prayer of faith for them.